Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome in, everybody, to a Friday at the Players' Championship. Brent Martineau flying solo. Could have some guests along the way. We did have a guest stop by today here at TPC Sawgrass. Not a golfer. Instead, your head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer. Talk to the local media. We got to meet Urban a little bit and uh, say hello, and he can kind of put names to faces. And uh, that's our first in-person introduction since he became the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Of course, you have to remember Urban Meyer is the head coach of the Gators. There's so much media at that time for Florida that uh, the Jacksonville media, whether it's turned over or even if we covered them like I did back then uh, down in Gainesville, it never really got too close to Urban. Uh, I've told you before, he played on our Dream 18, uh, so like we've run into it, but there's no reason for Urban even to, to know my name, know uh, anything else, and, and same to be said for so many others. Uh, I think he does know some of uh, the folks that have been around, like a Gene Fournette who covered him, um, but but not everybody, and that's the point of it. And so today was a good day to, to get to see Urban, and Urban's making his rounds. Uh, I think he's now left the property, but on the Golf Channel, uh, here at the Players, wearing that Jags logo, and it's uh, it's a good thing. And I think he recognizes that. I think the brand of the Jaguars, the brand of Urban Meyer, it's important uh, to him. It's important to Shad Khan, and it's obviously important in this area. So uh, good day for Urban Meyer to get out and about, talk a little golf, talk about the Jags, talk about what's going on. And we did get to quiz him a little bit about free agency and other topics like Cam Robinson uh, as well. Nothing crazy new on the facility front was a question asked. You have to remember, we just talked to Urban Meyer Tuesday. We talked all about it during the show on Tuesday. Uh, so nothing new on the facility front other than it is happening. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but I think we We've been telling you that it's going to happen for a while. Brent, I wanted to ask you, because something I saw after that tweet was a bunch of people that were a little critical of him being there, saying that he should be focusing on, like, where where are you on that? Because I kind of was like, I get why they think that, but, like, how much can you really be doing right now? Yeah, my, my, uh, that's one of my favorite things. Uh, You know, we don't know. I I don't know if it's a round-the-clock type of thing at this stage of it, Uh, if if you go out to a restaurant at night, does that mean you weren't getting your job done during the day? Does that mean you're not going to go back after you go to a restaurant and have dinner and do more work? Uh, you know, think about it. That's that's a that's kind of silly in, in that sense. There are only so many folks that can go to pro days. We all know who the Jaguars are taking. Do you need to be at Trey Lance's pro day? Well, I don't think you need to fly to North Dakota. Does it do well for you to be here and help sell tickets, perhaps, or uh, expand the brand? Maybe. Maybe more than being at Trey Lance's Pro Day, you know? So I I think that is overblown. I don't know how many people are saying that. I didn't see that as much, Coos. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that we see that mantra. I think that's silly. Uh, listen. If he was at the zoo a couple of weeks ago, he's still been working. You know, he's going into work Saturdays and Sundays. He's, I think, uh, he's probably going in at six in the morning and he's there till some nights eight, nine, ten at night, maybe even more. He's probably doing more on the iPad when he gets home. So, I, I think uh, that stuff is is all really trivial and and silly and and I don't think it means a darn thing, quite frankly. I believe that Urban Meyer, when we went up to see Urban Meyer's hometown. We had basically Urban Meyer had been just stuffed in Jags headquarters for the whole time since he had been hired uh, until 
through that time and, and I think even until now. Uh, he's got away for a little bit. I think he came home one weekend, uh, home being uh, Columbus, Ohio. But, I mean, he had been all business during that stretch trying to find a staff, trying to get acclimated, trying to do all the things to kind of flip this organization around. And uh, so, yeah, that's if that's a, a conversation point, I, I don't think that's one you want to spend too much time on. <laughs> I don't think you have to question Urban Meyer's work ethic. <laughs> I think we have to more question Urban Meyer's balance. Uh, that's been the bigger question uh, over his coaching career. It's not as whether if he's all in or not. It's whether if he can catch the right break and uh, be balanced enough to get the right amount of sleep and, and get his mind off it for a few minutes so he's refreshed for the next day to do it all over again. Uh, the one word that we kept getting on our trip up north when we spent some time with his buddies, we went to Columbus, we went to Ashtabula, intense all the time, intense. I actually think that's the refreshing part of seeing Urban Meyer out here. I think he was, I think, first of all, I told you this on Tuesday. I I said uh, Tuesday in a tweet, I appreciate his transparency. I think he's revealing and sharing more with you, the fan. This is not about me, the media, or anybody else in the media. This is about you, the fan. I think Urban Meyer has been sharing a lot with the fan. And uh, the transparency, I believe, is appreciated by the fan. And I do think there's a sense of it's appreciated by the media, too. But we're not important in that mix. I think he was great on Tuesday in that Zoom call of what he had to say. I think he was fantastic today, uh, just uh, off camera with with some of us when we were doing some introductions. And it wasn't very long, by the way. Uh, But I think he also took questions. And I said this to somebody. He doesn't look like he's in a hurry to get out of there, even though he's probably answered some of the same questions over and over and over. And also to us, because we just met with him on Tuesday. So I think he's been super patient, really forthright, and has this calm about him. Again, I tweeted this. I talked about it Tuesday. The word I use around Urban Meyer right now, as he says, it's the biggest month maybe in franchise history for the Jags. We know it's big for him as he is setting the tone. And I say the word calm around Urban Meyer. Kind of relaxed might be going crazy, but calm and at kind of peace at how he set the table to this point and where he's going to go from here. So I I have nothing but positive vibes right now from Urban Meyer and what he's doing. I I think coming out here today actually was a great idea. And uh, he's off to another function, I think, this afternoon and probably somewhere in the office and and connecting with his scouts and uh, Trey Lance's pro day and all the the rest of it. And he's going to other pro days. Uh, But I do think it's worth reminding folks, every coach is not going to be at everybody's pro day. That's not how it works. We've been to a lot of pro days over the years. They don't go to everybody's pro day. Urban Meyer went to the most important pro day. In fact, he got that young man, Trevor Lawrence, to move his pro day up so he could throw before having surgery, and he had the front row seat and a better seat than anybody else. Why? Because they're picking Trevor Lawrence. That's why. And so uh, that is the most important thing right now, Um, and I I think uh, Urban will be front and center at a lot of other places uh, along this journey as they get closer and closer to the draft, but now things shift to free agency, no doubt about it. Uh, Free agency coming up in less than a week. I did ask him about that. We'll hear from Urban Meyer, but he said it's going to be a wild 48, 72 hours, you know. Uh, They are going to be just in that moment for that time frame, especially early on. And one of the things he he said, and he's very uh, candid about, uh, he's not comfortable not meeting these people that he's going to sign and invest in. 
and you just don't get the opportunity, whether it's because of Zoom calls versus visits, or we know how free agency works. Sometimes you just don't get that chance. You've got to go bid for a guy and throw money at him and say, gosh, I hope he takes our offer, and we hope we're right about giving him that offer. That's the way free agency works. So, uh, again, I thought Urban was candid in that regard, too, saying that uh, he he doesn't like that part of it. He's uncomfortable with that part of it. And he's got to get used to those things and, and that about the NFL. In recruiting, you never sign a guy <laughs> sight unseen. You just don't. Uh, you, you have vetted him to some degree. And uh, that's just not the case uh, with um, most of the time, by the way, in recruiting. Urban Meyer's been in a living room with that, that young man that he's going to recruit at the college level. It's a really different scenario in free agency, and that's why we know it's risky business in free agency as well. So we'll talk a little bit more about Urban Meyer, his visit, what he had to say. thought he was good on Cam Robinson. Again, the affinity for Cam in the offensive line continues to jump out at me. Uh, I know Ben, who's been listening to the show and has been commenting about the offensive line, I don't know if he's listening right now, he's probably not going to like that because I know he's concerned about those two young tackles and Cam Robinson and Juwan Taylor. I don't sense that same level of concern from Urban Meyer. He did reiterate today that those guys have to get better. They all have to get better as a line, but he likes his line. And what the Jaguars did today to reinforce their line and depth is re-sign Tyler Shatley, who quietly is a very nice story for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tyler Shatley has been around since 2014 as an undrafted guy. He's one of those players that while the Jaguars were losing, right, year after year after year, we'd continue to get these one-year deals, two-year deals for Tyler Shatley, and everybody's like, why do they keep keeping Tyler Shatley around? Well, I think the guy's answered the bell. He's been underrated, and I think he's been one of the most valuable. I'm not going to put him at the top of the list and go crazy and overdramatic here, but I think he's been one of the most valuable undrafted free agents in Jaguars history, quietly. Because he can play center, he can play guard. I think when he comes into those games and those pitch hit situations, I think he does a really nice job. I don't feel like we hear his name a lot. Yeah, he's had some holding penalties. I'm not saying he's been perfect, uh, but I think he's been very good in that role. And the versatility gives the Jags something they like, and he's still got some good football. There was a lot of thought inside that building before the coaching change that they might not be able to get Tyler Shatley back because of the way he's been able to play. Somebody else might sign him away and make him their starter. Uh, I don't know where the league falls on Shatley in that regard. That obviously didn't happen because the Jags are not letting it happen. Or Shatley just wasn't interested in going to test-free agency and turning down the Jags' offer. Uh, but Tyler Shatley, well-received in Jacksonville. I think he's appreciated in that building by past regimes and now this regime. And I think that's quietly a very good signing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk a little bit about it uh, more in, in a bit. But I'm going to go back to the offensive line when Urban Meyer talks about it. If you think about the five starters they have, which are going to be the same five starters they had last year, which is very important on the offensive line in terms of continuity. Then you think about Tyler Shatley, again, continuity. Call him the sixth man of their offensive line if you want. And he's been around since 14. He knows the coach. He knows the players. Uh, that is That comfort level here in Jacksonville is good for Shatley, and it's good for the Jaguars. Then you add in a guy like Will Richardson, who I think they like in a depth role and his ability to play multiple positions. I'm not trying to tell you Will Richardson's a pro bowler, all pro guy. From a depth standpoint, though, at least you have a comfort level with a guy like Will Richardson, former fourth-round pick. And then you add in... Maybe the biggest question mark, but a huge ceiling. At least that's what the last regime thought. We'll see if this regime thinks so. And That last regime did include this scouting staff and also Trent Baalke, by the way. 
and that is Ben Barch. Where does he fit in there? How long will it take him to blossom and be a part of that offensive line, take somebody's place? We'll find out. Again, a guy that can play multiple positions. Uh, looks like they're more seeing him as a guard, uh, but uh, Ben Barch adds to the depth of their offensive line. So you take five players that are starting for multiple years now. Uh, you, you take that interior that's really a veteran group. You add to it Tyler Shatley, the sixth man, I'll call him, veteran guy. You add to it Will Richardson, uh, and you add to it a young fella in Ben Barch who has a nice ceiling. Tell you what, that's eight deep. I, you know who wishes they were eight deep and maybe had a couple of those guys? Kansas City. Kansas City in the Super Bowl wishes they were eight deep. So I like this offensive line way more than everybody else does, and I'm trying not to over-dramatize that part of it. I'm just telling you, I'm I'm kind of all in on the offensive line, way more than uh, other folks. And, and I always bring this up, fans hate the offensive line. Every fan base, with the exception of like Dallas a few years ago, and you know maybe Indianapolis now, and the Ravens at times, they hate their offensive line. They just do. They always hate their offensive line. So uh, I kind of like the offensive line of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's in a good place. Trey Herndon also gets re-signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he is back at the corner spot. Does he play corner? Is it a security blanket, an insurance policy if the Jags don't add there in free agency or the draft? Is he their starter, or is this a depth play? And I'll throw one more thing in there. Can Trey Herndon play the nickel? Can they move him to the nickel, which he has done at times? And I think there are some folks, again, I go back to the old regime, uh, and I don't know how Urban Meyer and this current regime feels about it, that thought he might be better suited at times for the nickel. So where does Trey Herndon fit? Well, he fits on the roster. The Jacksonville Jaguars re-sign the young corner out of Vanderbilt. He will be back in 2000. And 21. So that's a catch up of the Jaguars football news. We'll get to the NFL news that includes uh, Tom Brady extension, Cam uh, Newton back with the New England Patriots. That will be on the way as well. But we are live at the Players Championship. Let me give you an update. Chris Kirk and Matthew Fitzpatrick in the lead at 7 under. Chris Kirk, what a round. 7 under today. This morning's round of 65 after an even par uh, round one. Matthew Fitzpatrick now 3 under through 6 to climb into the lead with Kirk. So there's some good scoring out there. Uh, Denny McCarthy makes a hole-in-one on the third hole, shoots three under par. He's six under. Brian Harmon, six under. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, there's your star name of the week, and he is one shot off the lead going into the weekend. Bryson DeChambeau, who got off to a rough start in his second round on the tenth hole, rallies big time to go three under. Back-to-back days, shoots 69 Thursday, 69 today, and he is six under par. Garcia, as in Sergio, your first-round leader, has dropped the shot through eight holes, so he's now six under par. you got a bunch of players at five under, including Lee Westwood. John Rahm up to four under after a second-round 68. Keegan Bradley looking good at four under. Jason Day, a former champ here at the Players, he's three under par, and uh, he is done with 36 holes. Louis Hughes stays and also three under. Got a bunch of players at two, like Patrick Reed and Daniel Berger. Tyler McCumber, two under through 11 today. The local guy at two under par and in really good position. Billy Horschel, one under after his front nine. He is also two under par. So some of the names you know, uh, Zach Johnson with a good second round shot, 68 after an opening round, 75. He will make the cut. And Phil Mickelson finishes... Uh, actually, he didn't finish. I didn't realize Phil was uh, just playing his his first uh, 
nine holes when I got him on 17. I don't know why that didn't register with me. Hit a good shot on 17, but missed the birdie putt. And shot an even par 36 on the back nine. That's where he went out first. He's now on the second hole, and he is tied for 35th at one under par. So you know how Phil plays. Sometimes it can get erratic and go sideways. Keep an eye on the next eight holes for Phil Mickelson as the former player's champ from 2007 tries to make the cut here at TPC Sawgrass. Well, it's the mantra of the week. We've got some awesome golf. We've got some awesome weather. And, again, hard to say the course is playing difficult. If you're in good form, birdies are out there. Guys have shot seven under Sergio yesterday and then Chris Kirk today. So it's possible to do it. You just have to play good golf here at the stadium course. That is a little bit more difficult uh, to do. we got a lot to get to today. You know, I mentioned about Urban Meyer. We're going to talk to uh, a guy that played quarterback at Ohio State who goes all the way back to when Urban Meyer was a volunteer coach in high school and then the early days when he was a grad assistant at Ohio State. So we're going way back to the early years of Urban Meyer, and we'll have that conversation coming up uh, in the show Today. Could have some guests stop by like Marceau Robinson and Stuart Weber who are here on property uh, working for the player, well, working for us for the Players Championship, putting some TV stuff uh, together. My buddy Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs might stop by along the way as well and uh, hope to get a golfer or two on if they finish their round in time before 6 o'clock here on the show. Brent Martin will fly in solo. At TPC Sawgrass, Austin Lane getting ready for his fight. Today's the weigh-in. He'll have no problem with that because he doesn't have to worry about weight at, at 6'6", 245. Um, hopefully his opponent weighs in okay so they can have a fight tomorrow down in Orlando. Uh, it is the eve of fight number 19 in his career for Austin Lane, so we wish him luck and uh, can't wait to see how he does tomorrow night. Talk all about it on Monday. Coos is hanging out. Coos, tell us a story, man. The power's back on at your house. After you didn't pay the bill, did your credit card go bad or did you just decide not to pay the bill? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not quite sure what happened there. But, uh, yeah, that was not a fun situation, especially with my fiancé, who's obviously working very hard at uh, the same location you're at right now, TPC Sawgrass. So uh, she came home a little tired because I think she left for work. Uh, to put it in perspective, I think she left for work at 3. Um, I left for work to come here at 10.30. I got home at 7. She didn't come home till 9.30. So when she came home and the power wasn't on, she was a little less than happy about it. I see. Yeah. Uh, well, and then you, that was good. You tried to be sly, right? I mean, you tried to kind of do a little candlelight <laughs> dinner and say, yeah. hey, yeah, let's, uh, this, you've been working hard. Let me take care of you tonight. Yeah, the other problem was, you know, everything in the fridge went bad because the power had <laughs> been <laughs> So I, hey. I, I had pizza delivered. There you go. You got to quick. You got to think quick, man. You got to think quick. I'm glad well, your power and, is back on. And it was close. It was one of those things where I was like, well, like it, it took me a while to figure out what was going on because so. And I think I mentioned this to you and Austin like last week. I kept being like, oh my gosh, spam risk keeps calling me. Well, apparently my phone flagged the electric company as a spam risk. So when I would get a call, I wouldn't pick it up. <laughs> and then when they would leave me a voicemail, I was like, well, it was spam risk. I'm not even going to listen to it. So I deleted it. And that was them saying, like, hey, you're an idiot. <laughs> Pay your bill. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm glad you got it all worked out because yeah. you don't want that happening too much, and you got to pay your bill because that's bad for your credit. Well, yeah, that's the other part is then 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 the whole like you let this happen. We're trying to buy a house. Just situation came up. You, you'll be doing like an endorsement for badcreditreport.com or whatever <laughs> yeah. if that even exists. I have no idea. But yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> all right, uh, hey, let's get it uh, rocking and rolling here on a Friday at the Players Championship. Man, what a week! Uh, you asked an interesting question too, Coos. Like, what's your best event in Jacksonville? I think a lot of people in interpreted this as like sports yeah. i don't think you meant that i think i mean it could be a music festival it could be well like uh, world of nations right yeah. was recent I even mean, one be... of the um even uh the rhythm and ribs down in st augustine comes to mind for me just because i went to flagler so like i know about that event in april all oh, i i love going to that event yeah, so uh, I like the way you, you asked that. Maybe we'll talk about that, get some responses along the way. But when we come back, I want to talk about the Jaguars. In the title of the show today, in the initial tweet out there on Facebook, YouTube, uh, if, you, if you view the show that way, I said the Jaguars are winning right now. They got to keep it up. What do I mean by that, the Jaguars are winning? Well, I'll share my thoughts on it. What they're doing here in March, that really seems to be going over well. And can they carry the momentum into free agency, the draft, and then hopefully into this 2021 season, year number one of the Urban Meyer era? We'll talk about it. We'll update you on the Players' Championship along the way. And uh, well, the Gators are playing in the SEC. We'll update you on that. Florida State will play tonight in the ACC right here on ESPN 690. Much to get to? Stay with us. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from the Players' Championship, brought to you by Talent Wealth Management this week. Thanks to them for sponsoring our live coverage here at the Players at TPC Sawgrass. Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Kuz. There's a, there's a clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using that tonight. Gamer name. Check your boy, Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Brent Martineau. Yeah. You guys it's just that. had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I'm. I'm waking up in the middle of the night staring at the ceiling trying to put this, all of us are trying to put this thing together because this is, you just look at the history, which I have in the last year, just looking through the history of the NFL, how many chances do you get to build a roster like we are? You have cap space, 11 draft picks, you can't screw it up, man. I mean, that's, you got to get the right people, you got to get the right, and our coaches and the, the number one thing I'm looking for is a mesh between the personnel department and our coaches. And ultimately a coach is in charge who goes in his room and that's, you know, you mentioned Janoris, you know, Raekwon McMillan. I got a bunch of former players out there that I'd love to get, but I got to make sure they fit in that room. That is Urban Meyer earlier today here at the Players' Championship. He stopped by, talked to the local media, talked to other media as well. I think he was on the Golf Channel, and uh, that's what he had to say about players like Janoris Jenkins and other players that he has relationships with over the years from college days. Would he be interested? Janoris Jenkins, of course, is available in free agency. I thought, once again, he continues to punch home and the mantra came out yesterday we talked about this it's own it right well he's not afraid to put it out there how big this next month is and the quote that just stuck out there in that 20 seconds or so was you can't screw it up and that's the position the jaguars are in you know there i i said this about this job before urban meyer was hired and uh what before they even made moves at gm and head coach back in december the job that somebody was walking into was a no-excuse job. And I think that's kind of what Urban Meyer is talking about. Urban Meyer continues to tell us, hey, the owner really wants to win in a bad way. 
the owner is going to spend and do whatever it takes, facility-wise, uh, free agency-wise. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of draft picks. They have the number one overall pick for the first time in franchise history. They have a couple of nice things in their on their roster already, nice players, nice pieces. It's a no-excuse job. If you walk into this position with all that money, with 11 draft picks, a number one overall pick, that alone, if you're a GM in this business, if you're a coach in this business, you're either going to get it right or you're really going to screw it up. And if you screw it up, you're out of a job. We know how that works. If you get it right, we could be looking at a run here in Jacksonville that is unparalleled for this franchise and really exciting around here. And so I love the fact that Urban Meyer continues to be transparent about that. He knows what it is. He's not running from that. That's what it is. We have a great situation. Now we've got to go hit a couple home runs. And uh, he'll probably have to hit some doubles and singles along the way, too. But Urban Meyer knows what it is, and, and that's what it is. It's a no-excuse job for Urban Meyer, for Trent Baalke, for Shad Khan, the way it's set up right now in Jacksonville. And uh, they have to make the most of it. And uh, I love the fact that Urban Meyer continues to uh, say it um, and, and admit it and doesn't hide from it, doesn't run from it. I, I like that a lot. So, uh, I again, I, I tease this at the outset. And I put in the title of our show today, and uh, the Jaguars are winning. So, what you're going to say as the fan who's been a, a fan of the Jaguars for a while is, right, they always win the offseason. I get it. Uh, and quite frankly, it feels like they win the, uh, win the offseason. But they really haven't won the offseason too many times, right? Or they wouldn't have been 1-15. They wouldn't be in the situation they're in with one winning year in the last however many. Uh, it's been really a miserable 10 to 12 years. So uh, they might feel like they're winning the offseason at times, but they actually don't. I think this is more about feel instead of actual moves right now is what I'm talking about. The moves come next week. Uh, the moves came a little bit early on with the head coach, the, the GM, what Shad Khan did, and then what Urban Meyer did to build the staff. But now the moves in terms of how you are on the field, I'm a big believer. It's about the players. Urban Meyer is a big part of it. I think he's going to set the culture, the tone, all this stuff. He's a good coach. We know what he can do in terms of winning football games. But it's still you have to have the players. And that's about to happen over the next week with free agency and, and beyond and then into the draft. But where I feel like the Jaguars are winning, and the reason I say this right now, is the Jaguars are doing a lot of things right. Uh, they didn't do everything right when Urban Meyer hired the strength coach from Iowa, uh, Chris Doyle. Okay, that was a bad 24 to 36 hours. Um, fair enough to criticize. Didn't work out. I will say they pivoted rather quickly, and that story has kind of disappeared. And that was the right move in hindsight to pivot. What I mean by the Jaguars are winning right now is Urban being out here, Urban being transparent, Urban being transparent to you, the fan, and kind of letting you in, and, and you know what's going on, and you're excited about it. He is wrapping his arms around Jacksonville, around the Jaguars, and he's trying to make this franchise relevant across the league and the nation. I think he's doing all he can to make that happen, and I think the transparency is an important part of that. I'm going to also pump up my, my buddies over at Jaguars.com. And I know it's not just these guys. It was a whole staff. But uh, my buddy Pete Cav and, and Dave DeCandis, they do a great job. I uh, used to work in our Action Sports Jacks department. We didn't train them. They just got better when they left. But the uh, they did a great job with their first edition of The Hunt. Uh, and you've seen this before that the Jaguars have done. It's a, it's a really good uh, – 
you know, I don't know what it's going to be, five, six, seven episodes, but it will take you through the offseason. This was installment one. And in that, they obviously behind the scenes are sitting down with Urban and, and Trent Bulky and the rest, and they go into a draft meeting. It's kind of cool. So they have some cool stuff in there. They did a great job putting it together. It's well done from an industry standpoint. It, it, it was really well done. But what I love about what the Jags did in there and what Urban Meyer probably had to sign off on is they are not hiding from Trevor Lawrence. They are not trying to disguise the fact that Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, and, like they didn't send Urban Meyer to North Dakota uh, because they're not taking Trey Lance, folks. They've been very forthright in saying, that's our guy. Like, they essentially said it in that episode. Go check it out on Jaguars.com. They once again said it, and they've said it multiple times. That's our guy. Uh, they will throw in, yeah, we're looking at other quarterbacks. Of course they have to do that. They have to do that. But that is our guy. And I think from a fan perspective, from an organizational standpoint, too, don't muddy this thing up. If, if Urban says, we can't screw it up, well, don't screw this part up. This is easy. Go get the best quarterback to come out of college, potentially since Andrew Luck and, and only one of a handful that have been looking this good to come into the NFL. Don't muddy it up, messy it up. Don't screw it up. Just say we're going to get the guy. Uh, they have to avoid a little bit of that conversation because I think the league wants a little bit of drama going into the draft. But we all know what they're doing with that number one pick. Trevor knows. Urban knows. Shad knows. The fan knows. Everybody knows. And so... I think uh, just if you take a look at what they're doing, I think I, I love the transparency above everything else. And to me, that's very good coming off a 1-15 in 15 year when you have all this excitement in the offseason of the number one pick and Urban Meyer. And some people will like it, some people won't, but the bottom line is there's a buzz. Tickets uh, have been sailing at a crazy pace since Urban Meyer was hired and since they got the number one pick. And why stop that? Why stall that? Don't embrace that instead. And I gave a lot of credit to Urban Meyer so far because I think he's calling a lot of the, the, the things down there. And he's not shying away from that. He's not closing this thing up like Fort Knox. Instead, he's relating to you, the fan, and your excitement and saying, eh, we're not going to deny you that. We're going we're gonna to let you in. We're going to let you in this fun time, this fun experience. And we're also not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you we're not going to take Trevor Lawrence. We're basically taking Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and I understand they haven't fully said it, but they're saying it. And so all that stuff together is why I think the Jags are winning. Now they have to keep the momentum. Now gets the tricky part. You know, the feel-good part of the offseason, I think they're doing a great job. Again, they had the 24-36 hours with the Doyle situation. That wasn't good. Outside of that, I think the last couple of months have been very good for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now they have to go get the right players, make the right moves. Now it gets a lot harder. Uh, this stuff's easier to control. This stuff's easier to message. And now you're you're spending big bucks. You're going to get players you don't know very well. We know free agency is a chance taker anyway. And then you'll lead into the draft where you have 11 picks. And while you're never going to hit on all 11, you better hit on a bunch of them. So uh, the good news is we know what one of those picks already is. That's why I think the Jaguars have won to this point as we sit here on March 12th, heading into the weekend right before free agency. Now it's the next stage, the next phase. Maybe that will be episode two of the hunt on Jaguars.com. But how this shakes out over the next six weeks, if you want to break it up in stanzas and you go for the last two months and now what happens the next six weeks, that's the next thing to win. 
for the Jags. Can they do that in free agency? Can they keep the momentum of feeling good, get the right guys, get the right mix? Can they do it again late April in the draft and do the same thing? And then it will pivot to, okay, coach them up. What schemes you're running? How good are you really? And then we'll get to a fourth phase, and that's the actual season. So if you look at phase one, I think the Jaguars have absolutely killed it. Stanza one, if you will, quarter one, if you want to talk football. Uh, I think they've done a really good job so far down there, and Urban Meyer's leading the way on that front. Let's get Steven in real quick uh, before we break on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's happening, man? You want to talk Jags? Hey, not too much. Uh, of course I do. That's why I call. I, I saw on Twitter that uh, they posted uh, that they had a Zoom call with uh, the defensive end slash edge rusher, uh, Joseph Asai from, uh, I guess, coach, uh, our new coach, Chris Ash, coached, coached them, and they seemed like they might be interested. I know, you know, edge rusher isn't at the, shouldn't be at the top of our list, but when you watch tape on the guy, I mean, the guy is just an overall beast coming from the outside. So I don't know if that might be a possibility, but Chris Ash seems to have uh, put his opinion and really liked him. I saw that same thing, Stephen. Uh, you know, I, I saw that in the tie to Chris Ash as well. I think you're. What's going to be fun to watch, and and I, I'm not going to sit here and rave about this guy or not. I mean, I'll take the the word of Chris Ash and and others. But I think what's interesting with the makeup of Urban Meyer's staff is the fact that. You have guys coming from the college game, coming from the NFL game. Some have done a little bit of both. And so the mix of free agency, their knowledge about certain players in the NFL versus the mix of college and their knowledge of guys at the collegiate level uh, is really interesting. And by the way, those guys that know the college player also know most likely the fact uh, what they were like in high school, know a little bit more information about their background. Now years later have seen them mature the next time they meet them and like, wow, this guy's come a long way or I knew this guy was going to be like that. I think the NFL guy who might see a player here or there or seen tape of him just knows probably how good of a player he is, doesn't know the makeup as well. But that mix of the coaching staff for Urban Meyer I think uh, could be beneficial. And to your point, Stephen, this has been brought up in the past, and I like the point. And this will be more of a conversation point when we get toward the draft because this isn't a free agency thing as much. Urban Meyer knows a lot of these college players better than a lot of the NFL, even GMs know them, because he recruited many of them uh, going to Ohio State. Not all of them, of course, but some of them and many of them. So that gives you maybe a little bit of an edge knowing them for that long. That's even Urban Meyer. I'm not talking about a scout or an assistant coach. And so I think that advantage is maybe subtle. I don't know how big it is. I, I think that's a point worth bringing up uh, every now and again, and I think it speaks to what you're talking about with one of his assistants and Chris Ash uh, as well. So uh, we'll keep an eye on, on those guys. Listen, the one thing we know is this. You can't pick everybody that you know. There's going to be a lot of unknowns. Urban Meyer admitted that today, that, hey, he's going to bring some people in here, and he has no idea about them never met him they're throwing a boatload of money at him to bring him in and be a part of this locker room this culture this football team and he even said he's uncomfortable with that part of it i would think many people would be uncomfortable with that part of it get used to it urban meyer though that's the way it works especially in the early stages of free agency we'll give you an update on the players championship we talk more football of course along the way it's all on the way on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 we're live from the players championship our live coverage all week sponsored by talent wealth management 
Well, Amy and I talked about it. I mean, we're extremely busy, but I thought it was really important to come out here because this is one of the first times I get to show support for I love this community. I know this community very well. Obviously, I was in Gainesville for seven or eight years, and our kids were here constantly in baseball tournaments. I recruited great high school football in this area. Uh, we do the Tim Tebow event. We come down here just to spend a weekend once in a while. So that was a big part of why I took the job. There would be nothing greater to see the, the 904 in Duval County and Jacksonville just explode behind this team. And, and uh, we have a not a good owner. We have a great owner. And to see him, you know, hopefully that's why we're all working so hard to have, get him some success in the NFL. That is Urban Meyer today here at the Players' Championship. Our live coverage from TPC Sawgrass brought to you by and sponsored by Talent Wealth Management all week long. Friday at the Players, usually a loud and rowdy crowd around 17 and 18 and even 16. A little bit more subdued today, and, well, that's because there just are not that many people out here uh, as normal. It's usually a day I'm really, really, really upset with our sales team because they're, like, out partying out there because they're, you know, they bring the clients out and do their whole thing, and I'm always like, well, I want to be there. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, for folks that are new to our building, say, right, and I'm sure a lot of different offices Mm -hmm. have this, this is a day where you either go out with clients or maybe the station kind of, checks out early and they all bring their their employees out or whatever business you're you're doing just think about if you were hired in the last year and a half or something like that well you you probably haven't done that here at the players you know one of the marquee events of the area if not the marquee event and you haven't had that opportunity so you keep hearing everybody's talking about the players the players mm-hmm. friday the players saturday the players and you haven't been able to come out well and and I- unless you got tickets this time around and again you can get tickets or you could have got tickets yeah. that sold out but only 20 percent well, and, and the other part of that, too, is if you were hired in the past year, you probably haven't seen most of your coworkers, too. That's well, another true. part of it. <laughs> yeah, you might have to introduce yourself. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's a, I, I thoroughly expect that. Like when we finally can have people back in the building and, and you know, the salespeople are back, I'm going to be like, I know none of you. Like I, <laughs> I've never seen you before. Uh, very true. Hey, uh, how about this? Uh, the Players' Championship. Uh, we just got, I think somebody asked on one of the uh, feeds on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, somewhere along the way, asked, uh, hey, where's the little dude? Where's Noah today? And uh, uh, Noah's back home. He's got school. He's He did a Creekside baseball game last night. Uh, but he's been texting me, and he said, I think I'm a good luck charm, which maybe this is good for me, and I need to go buy a lottery ticket. But Noah did a fantastic job on the show yesterday. He interviewed out on the range before Chris Kirk played his first round. He interviewed Kirk. He shoot 72 yesterday. He shot a 65 today and was just in the lead, and now Lee Westwood has bumped him out. But Chris Kirk, so a little Noah bump on the interview. And he also interviewed through a translator, Sun J.M. And Sun J.M. is now 7 under par, 7 under on the day through 12 which means he's still got plenty of action left, and this could be some crazy round by Sun J.M. if he's able to finish it off. You want to know how good of a round M is having? Birdied 15, 16, 17, 18, 1, and 2. It's the ties a tournament record for most consecutive birdies, marks his career-best birdie streak, and Sun J.M. is one shot off the lead. 
because of that flurry of birdies here on a Friday at the Players' Championship. Lee Westwood, he is playing well, 500 par through 13. Remember, he almost won last week's event at the Arnold Palmer down there in Orlando. Westwood in the lead here at the Players' Championship by one. And Westwood would be a wild story because I'm going to have to double-check this. But I remember Lee Westwood, when I first arrived in town, he was the guy that didn't want to play this event, didn't like the event, didn't like the course, like was one of the world's best but didn't show up, I think, one year because he didn't like the course, he didn't like the event. I, I remember that being a story. I'm going to look it up just to make sure I'm, I'm not uh, falsifying information here. But I believe that's the case. And now you come back and Lee Westwood here is in the lead on a Friday at the Players' Championship. What a story that would be. Matthew Fitzpatrick, seven under as well. So a three-way tie, one shot behind Westwood right now. Uh, the only guy that's in the clubhouse is Chris Kirk uh, with the seven under. Again, Westwood in the lead. DeChambeau, six under par, primed for a big weekend for Bryson DeChambeau. We'll get into that in uh, just a little bit. And then Sergio Garcia has now dropped two shots on the day. First round leader down to five under par, but still right there for the Spaniard who uh, has won the Players' Championship in the past. That's your Players' Championship update live from TPC Sawgrass. Our Players' Championship coverage all week. Here on ESPN 690, sponsored by Talent Wealth Management. You see Cam Newton goes to the New England Patriots again. He's signed back with the New England Patriots. Just a quick thought here on Cam. That cannot be the Patriots' only quarterback plans. What this looks like to me is the Patriots are going to go after a young QB. They've got five or six of them, depending on what their board looks like. They're picking in the middle rounds. They could potentially even trade up and go get somebody else. But this looks like a bridge situation from Cam Newton to the next guy that they're going to draft. Uh, instead of trading for one of these others or how the quarterback carousel has worked to, to this point in the NFL, I would say this is writing on the wall that the New England Patriots are going to get their next franchise quarterback probably early and maybe in that first round. Is it a Mac Jones? Is it uh, Trey Lance go up and get him? Is it uh, uh, Kyle Trask? Who knows? But I think this is a clear indication that they're going young at quarterback. They're going to keep Cam around. they got plenty of money to spend so they can put Cam in a better situation than he was last year on the offensive end, go get him some weapons, and hope that he plays better. But Cam Newton, if you look at all the numbers, was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year, and it just didn't work. And you have to wonder about the future of Cam Newton and how much he could do it at a high level. I think this speaks to bridge quarterback. We'll see if Cam's got anything left, but we're going to get our next guy, and he might be a young guy that will be willing to sit down for a year and see if that is beneficial in the long term for the New England Patriots. That's the way this reads to me on the Cam Newton front, going back to the New England Patriots for a second consecutive year. We're going to take a break. We'll come back out to the Players' Championship here at TPC Sawgrass, live on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Don't forget, you only have a few more days to get that 25% discount on the Dream 18 card, discounted golf, help local co- courses, local businesses, local charities as well. Go to ESPN690.com to get your... Dream 18 card at a special 25% off this week only. That will end on Sunday. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, 
You impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.